Welcome back to Perfect and Balance, bonus episode of Series 1, myself, the other side of the microphone. Here we go. Hello, Jess Way. What's it like to be interviewed? Let's find out. So, I am sat here with Jess Way, who has just finished Series 1 of the Perfect Imbalance podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the previous episodes because I certainly have enjoyed listening to them and certainly included a lot of what's been said into my daily life. So thank you to those guys. Jeff, let's find out a little bit more about you. So remind us, first of all, why you decided to host a podcast. That's a good question, actually, because most listeners probably don't realise that actually up until about November, December time last year, I didn't really listen to any podcasts at all. In fact, it was only you that suggested on my longer run that I should listen to a podcast. So in part, it's down to you. Um, But going back to the start of the year, I wanted to get my message out there in a slightly different way and at the same time see if I could draw on my network to provoke some thoughts and and some ideas and and just share some different messages really so that that's how the podcast came about and I love the fact that you've had lots of different people on there from from lots of different walks of life um and kind of with the the end and the finale with Chris Akabusi as a as a sports person that everybody should know um you've just had some amazing guests so congratulations on a on a great first series I think are you pleased with how that first series has gone? Yeah, I think when I you know, stop for a moment and, and reflect, as I have done this week, being away in, in Snowdonia, I'm, I'm really pleased with how Series 1 has gone. Uh, in fact, it's gone probably far better than, than I could have imagined in terms of um, the guests that, that have agreed to come on the show. Uh, the interaction with with the listeners and and, and you know the feedback that people have been sharing uh, as a result of that. Yes, there were some let's call them technical difficulties uh, early on with, with some of those episodes. But again, what people probably don't realise is this is me doing all the editing uh, and all of the um, technical You're doing everything, aren't you? Doing everything. You're so yeah, and I think you know I've learned quite quickly and 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 early on that you know. Um, how to make those changes so that it's better. So yeah, I, I'm pleased overall. Um, absolutely delighted. Uh, and Chris Akabusi uh, finishing off the series for me was was a good finale, um, and that leads us nicely into to kind of thinking about what what series two is going to look like. Yeah, and who you're going to get on? That'll be exciting. Some really great guests, I hope. Yeah, I've I've, I've already don't give um, anything away. Don't no, give no, anything okay. away. I won't say anything at this stage. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. Even more so, really, uh, with the type of people that have agreed to, to come on, on the show as a result of, of Series 1. So it all goes back to Series 1 and, and, and what we've done there, really. Okay, so talking about Series 1, what were your best bits or your takeaways or your your favourite parts of all the different podcasts that you've done? So 12 podcasts in all. 12, 12 shows. So 12 guests. Yep. What springs to mind? I'm going to tell you, Wedgie springs to mind, doesn't it? Kirsty Mack, Wedgie is definitely. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to I wanted to broaden and, and deepen my my thoughts really around best bits <laughs> and favourite things, but it, I was reminded this week by by somebody on LinkedIn 
uh, who'd just discovered the show and listened to Kirsty's um, interview uh, about wedgies. Uh, so yeah, it, it's difficult not to, not to say wedgie uh, and onomatopoeia, uh, which which Kirsty gave us on episode nine. Uh, so many highlights, really, and, and so many things. You know, Mike Pegg at the very start on episode one talked about picture of success, and that really kind of struck a chord with me in terms of my life, my business, and, and what's important. So he probably didn't realise that at the time, but but I took that from from the very first episode, and, and that's kind of steered me through, and, and is leading to some of the other stuff that, that I'm doing as well outside of that. Other guest bits. Um, I always want to go through each guest and kind of drop something in. You know, Kim talked about courage as yeah. opposed to confidence. Yeah. I like um, that. That that struck me. I mean, more recently, the, the you know that last interview with Chris Akabusi, um, completely off script and and, <laughs> and and not where I and probably he thought it was going to go, and that, and that kind of you know, has provoked more more questions than answers, which, which is good, because that, that's what you get from Chris Akabusi, which, which people probably haven't heard or seen before. Um, Chris Baz Brown, episode three. Gosh, yeah. Seems like so long ago, but he, you know, he, he talked about loads of stuff yeah. around breaking out from autopilot, um, trying on new things, as in, like, trying on new clothes. Um, you know, we, we never stop growing. And I think at one point he mentioned rainbows and unicorns. Uh, which which was on a par um, with wedgies and onomatopoeia, um, but then don't forget people like Juliet and and you know what yeah, she's wow. doing with two six one fearless. Um, Gosh, I do forget the amazing guests that you've had actually. She, she is amazing because she's transitioned out of you know general practice, a GP for you know a large proportion of her life, and now with a young family, she's doing stuff which really kind of blows away. Um, Episode five was Phil White. You know, you've probably forgotten some of the stuff that he talked about, yet, you know, we took, you know, as a family took stuff from that, which, which I know we're going to talk about in a little bit more. Um, Bree Seeley, stillness, yeah. meditation, meditation, crystals, you know, again, provoke different thoughts, which, which, you know, were things that I'd not considered. So that that was great. And then, you know, we had a sports psychologist, Lindsay Doing Woodford. Things really passionately about an effective rather than a winning mindset I love that yeah but that's that's. I think people can connect a little bit more with an effective mindset as, as opposed to a winning mindset because winning is largely associated with sport so that that was great um, but, but don't forget about Alex as well who also talked about mindset and talked about you know what he's done in terms of overcoming different things he talked a lot about you know some of the personal adversity yeah, that he's gone yeah. through, and, and having met him, you know, a couple of times and, and spoken with him, it's difficult not to be inspired. You know, he he he's is still so young as yeah, well. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. He is that what you call uh, probably wrongly, but you know we use labels a lot. That millennial generation, and he, you're not allowed going, to use that though, are no, you? No, I know. We talk, uh, Damien, Damien told that's me that, and, and rightly so, and, and that <laughs> that's resonated with me. You know, so we had Alex talking about what he was doing, and then Damien Juice, um, success leaves clues. Uh, I'm very excited about you know the Barcelona, his Barcelona book, book. Uh, coming out, um, and then also don't forget Amy. You know, Amy's probably the That's one yeah. who, out of all you the guests interviewed guests. in series one, is the only one I think that's probably doing two jobs. 
or, or, yeah. or is really struggling, not struggling, but he's really balancing. Balance. Yes. She is the perfect yeah. imbalance. She's got it. And look at what she's just done. She's just climbed Mont Blanc. You know, I interviewed her and, and talked a lot about triathlon and how she combines that with marketing. And yet, last week, she's scaling Mont Blanc and ticking off something that's been on her bucket list for a while. So, yeah, loads of highs, loads of lows. It would be wrong to just think about Kirsty and Wedgie because actually, <laughs> she talked a lot of sense in terms of, you know, what really struck me and what I've taken from Kirsty was you meet yourself on the journey. And when she talked about, you know, taking a journal, taking a book, writing, because that's where you meet yourself on the page, just, oh, just, it got me. Um, so, yeah, really pleased, lots of highs. No lows, really, other than some of the technical issues. Which you've learnt, though. You yeah, have, which, which I've and you've of, got better. I have, and, and, and I'm pleased, and the feedback there is, is telling me that as well. So, yeah, delighted. Lots lots of takeaways from Tia. Yeah, as soon as Tia's just got to be better. Yeah, that's what I'm No mean. pressure. No yeah. pressure. <laughs> um, so, um, you touched on it a second ago, but um, a series one, um, and you and I have done lots of things from this podcast, Um you know we've adopted lots of different things into our lifestyle um do you want to talk about a few of them do you want us to share yeah i i i do because i think it's important that you know that when you take on new information and and get inspiration from the guests that, that have been on the first series if you're not putting into practice then then you really are missing a trick um you know we, we're on what week eight now of the 17 hour I think it will, yeah. fast um, you know, I've been interacting with Phil since episode five, and I think since that episode we have done one seventeen-hour fast every week. And on its own, it doesn't sound like a great deal, and it's not. Initially, I think we both found it a, a challenge. But on some days, yes. Yeah, but, but now, I, I I would say it's it's part of our routine. Part of what we do every week, isn't it? So if we just tell explain to the listeners that actually our 17 hours runs from we'll probably have an early tea um with our little girl and and our 17 hours runs from maybe 6 or half 6 um and overnight until the next morning. So it's almost like just not having a late tea and then, you know, having a brunch. So having a lazy morning and going for brunch. It's not it it doesn't seem to be a massive um a massive leap in terms of you're not massively missing meals or anything you're just reproportioning the time in that you have food and i i i love it and i think we're going to carry on doing it for well for the foreseeable future yeah I, because actually when you talk about reproportioning you know the timings i think it's also about reproportioning you know what you eat before and after and you and i have both noticed that we are eating less Mm. before we start the fast whereas I think the first two weeks it's like right what else can we get eat? everything in wasn't um, it but afterwards as well and as a result throughout the rest of the week I think we are consciously and mindfully eating yes. smaller portions and looking at what we eat as a result and seeing that things like bread for example for both of us doesn't really serve us well so you know again I go back I've interacted with Phil and let him know great i think it works i think other people can do it and we're seeing some differences ourselves and that's you know only eight weeks yeah definitely have a go if you haven't already and get in touch with with jeff over twitter or 
however you want to do it linkedin um if you want to have a go and find out more yeah. a little bit more about how we've done it absolutely great other, interaction other things that we've tried um You've got me into all the crazy stuff, haven't you? So we have done aerial yoga. Yep, yep, we went to aerial yoga last week. I loved it. Um, I'm going to go back. Um, mm-hmm. Although the image that you know listeners may well have in their mind now is, is of you and I um, <laughs> hanging. hanging upside down like a bat. Um, That's exactly what we did then. Yep, I think the only person I told is Kirsty. Uh, really? Who, who gave us a big thumbs up. I have um, told a few people. Yeah, I loved, I, I loved it because... For me, yoga is something that I've wanted to do. I've had this thought or this kind of limitation that says it's all about stretching. Um, which you're not very flexible. Which I'm not very flexible not and I'm lazy. So actually to be stretching and tensing you know, certain muscle groups whilst hanging <laughs> you know, upside down and in different positions and, and I thought I would struggle with some of them but I pretty much managed all of the ones that, that we were given. I think you only fell out of the hammock once didn't you? Yeah yeah and I, I felt crazy for that so um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back I know you struggled with I, I just struggled with dizziness and the hammock spinning I loved how it made my body feel I loved kind of the little bit of achiness the next day in all the right areas where I wanted to ache but I'm just struggling with the dizziness and a little bit of vertigo or just mm, I think I might just stick to some yoga beach friendly kind of things but 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 I think that in itself is still going to help and it's still going to give you something back Um, I I have started to meditate I I think I I am work in progress Um, I don't think it's a quick fix though is it you have to meditation and it, it takes a while to get into and takes a while to get for you to get comfortable sitting there in stillness yeah, and sitting yeah because so I think the biggest challenge is, is what do you do with your mind well and, you and stop I, it don't you and you have yeah, to yeah, and block that's, everything out I, I, yeah I think in part you do I think in other parts you just accept that, that thoughts will come in and there's some way to go with that um, but I, I am feeling that that's going to be something that's going to benefit the other thing going back to Chris and, and what he was saying on episode three around breaking out of autopilot, um, the wake up app which which he, you know, has has produced and, and is out there and it's great. It it's it it getting outside as early as you can in the day. Um, you know, and spending and I, and I was very lucky to do that this week in Snowdonia, but spending the first half an hour, forty five now not everybody can do that, but there's real value in getting out and just spending time outside start of the day um, i think at the very start of the day yeah absolutely but actually if you can get outside at any point of the day you know and you're not stuck behind the desk that just getting out into the fresh air especially in the nice yeah. weather it's it's so valuable it does and, and you know purely looking from my own perspective it helps my concentration and it helps me then focus on, on specific times so yeah i I think there's more to come um, around, you know, breaking out of autopilot and doing different things, which which we'll get into in season two. Is there anything else that we've done or that we've tried? I can't think of anything else. No, I I, I don't think there has been, um, other than we've tried to switch off social media. Yeah, that that kind of goes back to what Phil was saying. Yeah. If you can combine a social media fast or an email fast at the same time 
again it's still work in progress you know we, we, we've got these devices all around us so you know I think what where it's worked really well is when we've been disciplined and things like like Atoli away yeah. to Project Night off with the social media off with the phone book book reading you know proper book not on the Kindle uh, although some people like Kindle uh, and then again when you wake up in the morning not reaching for the phone, for the phone. And, and yeah it's still work in progress and these things will be what 12 weeks and in, in, you know into some of the doing some of these things and we're seeing the benefit um, and as a result you know more mindful of, of what's going on you know at the start of the day and things like that brilliant and let's hope we have more in series two that we can add to our lifestyle Talk yeah as long as you're happy to go along with it uh, I'm like <laughs> the resident guinea pig I reckon and don't mind when I say oh, I'm thinking of maybe we should do this yeah, and get the groan from real. <laughs> Go on, what is it now? Um, talking about groans and and me being the guinea pig, uh, um, and we've touched on a few of different things. Any any funny moments that you can reveal to us that you may have cut out of a few episodes, or you may have stopped, you know, had in the pre-conversation, or anything that you can divulge to us. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put my my guests in that position. Um, Go on. On the whole, what I will say is, and this probably surprised some of the guests, on the whole, I've actually left most of, of the interviews and conversations. Oh, I thought you were going to say something really revealing. No, no, not at all, not at all. I mean, I, I spoke at length with, with some of my guests, you know, certainly before the interview. Uh, but I'm always mindful that, that you know, these... These, these people have other commitments and, and other they're giving up their time and, and they are giving up their time and they're giving up their time because they've been badgered by me uh, <laughs> saying you know I'd love you to be a guest on, on the show are you happy to come along so yeah I don't think there's anything that I've cut out as such um, because I want it to be authentic and I, and, I, and, and I want the guests to you know just come across as they do when I'm interviewing them because I think that's really important yeah absolutely absolutely um so um a little question here about you um as though i'm interviewing you okay. for a podcast yeah um what life lesson do you wish you'd been made aware of earlier in your career yeah i always smile when i ask my guests this one because i know and that's the reason i'm asking you yeah because i'm curious you know i i'm 42 now and i think so old i know i feel old and i think <laughs> You, you get wisdom, you know, with, with experience, and that typically comes with age. Um, I think some of the things that, you know, we perhaps should know a little bit earlier, sometimes we're, we're not ready for them. Um, I wish that I'd been told um, by lots of people at an early age that actually finding something that you love and enjoy whilst it might take a while to actually get there will serve you better in the long run rather than you know perhaps some of the messages that I received when I was younger around furthering you know, your education and yeah, getting a you degree know, further education do this do your best as long as you're happy you know they're, they're great words in terms of encouragement but it took me like a lot of people um, a large chunk of my career to, to finally arrive at the point where actually I really do love what I do and, and you know li linking up to some of the guests it doesn't feel like work so if somebody had said to me you know what do you love go 
go and explore it see where it can take you you know ask questions which again you know i wasn't very good at when i was younger oh don't you're good at it now though don't, aren't you? <laughs> don't worry about getting it wrong don't worry about people laughing don't worry about but i think that comes with courage yeah, confidence that comes with things as you do get older naturally i think yeah i don't think any of us are very good at asking questions when we're young no so if if i could have had something a bit earlier that perhaps i would have asked but ultimately everything that's happened has, has, has shaped me and got me to this point now so you know i'm grateful that i'm you know still here absolutely so fancy an ice cream yeah. the ice cream van <laughs> lo and behold we closed all the windows you know <laughs> try and get some quietness in here and the ice cream van goes back Excellent. 99 please <laughs> um so other than noises on our podcast i think we've had the plumber we've now had an ice cream van and we've had many dogs we've had dogs yeah. yeah um so um there, what's the one thing that frustrates you in your line of work or in your life or one thing that you see that that kind of you know you think ah oh, i wish people wouldn't do that what frustrates you it's the same thing that's frustrated me for a while now and that's Confidence. Me. Oh. No, it's not you. <laughs> Fortunately, I get to work away from you. Um, it's confidence. Lack of confidence. Yeah, lack of confidence. Fun. It's like, go for it. Just do it. And, and I know I've been in that same boat. I've seen it, though, when people just have a little ounce, and it might be courage to go back to Kim, a little ounce of confidence, get away. And, and I, I think we all have a responsibility to nurture and and help those people that perhaps don't have as much confidence to begin with because when you start to believe in people and you encourage them to take a step and they see for themselves that it wasn't that scary it builds confidence and if if we as, a, as human beings were more confident then we would challenge more we would say no more to things that don't excite us and i think as a result we'd be happier so confidence is is and, and has been frustrates me but i think people have it when they're younger like look at our little three-year-old who has the confidence and the courage to climb to the highest part of in in a park and she'll climb on a climbing frame that i'm stood there at the bottom i know i'm short but she is way above my head and she has no fear she is so confident with things that she wants to do and things that she can do and then for some reason we lose it through our life we lose it at a fairly early age, I think, that confidence or, or something happens which knocks it or will continuously knock different parts of our confidence until we don't have it anymore or we lose that, that just that no fear streak that, that she's got at the moment in a toddler. It is crazy. I, I agree. And I think in part it comes back to some of the parameters that we put in place when people move into us. I don't think it exists in nursery and, and you know you, you can see that with, with Jess now and you've seen it with Dexter now it, yes there are rules and yes there are guidelines but I, I, I think people you know are a lot more confident in that space when they get into school there's more kids there's 30 kids there's rules there's parameters and I think some of that then starts to stifle some people others you know rise to the top um, but I think in some cases it goes back to empty the mother which which we, we we don't keep building that confidence uh, 
I um, you will know um, that I don't just listen to your podcast. I no, do I listen don't. to others. I don't hold that against you. Thank you. And I was listening to a different one this morning who had a ballerina as a host and she was pregnant and they were talking to her about saying, well, you've got a baby on the way. What do you think you're going to do in the future? Um, and she didn't really, uh, well, she said she didn't really have any ideas. She was almost going to take it one step at a time. But what she would got really, really passionate about was saying that she wanted to kind of inspire young people to just go for it and to just have that no fear and to really take hold and start doing what they love and keep doing what they love and and to really really um encourage children um and and you know she used the word children so she wasn't talking toddlers or or older people she was you know she got really inspired by talking and and really kind of passionate about talking about um you know using her um connections she's a ballerina so using her connections to go into schools and talk to children just say just find something that you love so yeah exactly the same as what you were saying it's it's, it's so special. important you know to, to, we, we don't have to go back to our early education we have to make those big decisions at an early age you know you see that with with Bex mm. our, you know our eldest now that she's making decisions on GCSEs and that's that's hard it's so hard for her she doesn't really know what she wants to do really she does at 14 yeah well, you know, there's probably one in her class that has a an idea. But I think in the majority they don't, and then you've got pressure from from parents because you want them to do well. But then you've got pressure from teachers saying, "Choose my subject. I think you'll be great." And then you've got pressure from friends, you know, not just in school but on social media afterwards saying, "Oh, I'm choosing this. Choose this. It'll be great." Come with so me. You'll be in my yeah, class. It's, it's it's hard. It's so hard. So hard. Okay. Um, so you host now a weekly podcast. I think it's safe to say that yeah. you are um, a host and you do all the admin side as we're talking and you connect with the guests and quite a lot of prep time goes into connecting with the guests and you badgering them, I think they say. <laughs> um, I do apologise for that. I know that he can be a bit of a... Uh, yeah. And um, then you record the interview. You do a lot of edit. You, well, you don't do a lot of editing, but you do a lot of work, kind of, with the lead up and and kind of the closure, um, and trying to get the promotion out there. You run a uh, learning and development business called Ignite, and you are an amazing husband, daddy to Jessica, our little girl, um, and to Becky and Alex, who we see every week. Um, where do you like I should probably know this but how do you find the time to do everything it, it's a challenge um, so it's, it, it's a challenge that I'm, I'm sure lots of other people you know encounter each day each week especially if they you know they've, they've got children and you know for, for me I'm, I'm fortunate that I I don't work in the corporate world as such and, and I use you know those words not lightly I, I do feel fortunate to, to do what I do I've, I've worked in that space and that world for a long time I'm much better planned than, than I ever was <laughs> when I was employed um, I, in fact I think for 10 years straight when I worked at Endless Money um, the number one development area for me was planning and organising um, which, which I never improved so I, I think because I'm clear on what's important whether that's family time taking Jess to um, to 
history of an effect in our Richmond school, um, time for us to be together, or time to be at home when you're working away. Mm. I would say a lot of it is planned and, and well thought out um, and communication. I think we, you and I talk a lot about what's going on because if we didn't, I don't think I'd be able to do the show. Um, it does take me longer taking longer than I ever thought it would do but that's because it's important to me and I want to make sure it's right if I was working in the corporate world I, I don't think I'd be running a podcast um, because I just you have a limited amount of time when you come home I work a lot of evenings as you know um, and I'm upstairs I'm, I'm doing stuff I'm recording intros and outros you know finding new guests so yeah but it never feels like work you know, I might work in the evening or be working on something in the evening, but then I might take this to the nursery and I might go for a run. So it, it never feels like work. I do feel fortunate to do what I do. I love it, uh, and hopefully that shows and, and that comes through, um, and I very much want to continue doing it. But, but why is it important for you to do the podcast? Like, why did you start it, and why is it important for you to, to kind of get the messages out there that you want to get out there? And, and using the podcast as a bit of a, a vehicle to do that, what's... Yeah, if you if you look back over, you know, everything I've done on social media, there is a theme, there is a trend, and that's about, you know, helping people to be better versions of themselves, um, either through, through writing or through, you know, delivering face-to-face programmes. That's important to me. That's at the core of what I do. When I listened to podcast, albeit it was um, Fred, Sav and Saeed <laughs> uh, in the early days, and Colin Murray, uh, who was another, you know, a, a great interviewer. Then I moved into, you know, listening to joe.co.uk with James O'Brien, great interviewer. I then found some other podcasts like The Minimalists and Oprah Winfrey and Louis Howes and all this and I just thought this is another platform another vehicle um, yes you can have an impact on social media and I get a lot of interaction and people send me messages and, and, and send me emails and, and go through the website and all that but I, I just felt that this was a a new field for me to potentially you know enhance that message in terms of wanting to help people and you know I took you remember I took the month of March out didn't do anything on social media in March. Um, I said no to you know lots of things that were coming in because I wanted to dedicate that time to researching how to set up a podcast. Um, so that's what I did. And I suppose you could say, despite some of the little technical issues at the beginning, that it's absolutely paid dividends to, to what you want to do and to share the mess your messages and to share the messages of others. Yeah, and I was very keen. You know, I've, I've spoke to a couple of other podcasters about their show and, and that, you know, how they went about it. For me, I was very keen that it wasn't just going to be Jeff Ray talking on a different topic or a different area each week. I wanted some interaction. Uh, and so naturally, having a guest on the show gives that interaction, gives new ideas, it gives new thoughts. And then that would open it up nicely to other people to start to get in touch. I never wanted it to just be 
about me talking. And, I, and there's some great podcasts. Like today. No, I do. And there are some great podcasts. I mean, you know, Bree Seeley's got a great podcast, and it's just her. Um, albeit I found Bree, or I listened to Bree on another show where she was being interviewed. So, you know, it, it, different podcasters have different reasons for, for doing what they do. For me, it's, it's just about bringing other people into the conversation. And I've had some fantastic conversations. Yeah, but then you know, listen to back to some of my guests, you know, Mike Pegg and Chris Akabuti. You know, that's probably the longest I've been quiet in, in you know in, in the last twelve weeks. But that's but that's good because I I'm a listener too, and I think people forget that sometimes. You know, I, I will admit I do listen to the episodes after after it's on, even though I listen to it when I'm editing it and getting it ready to go out. And then I listen to it when the show goes on. Just so that your ratings go higher. No. Ah, <laughs> no, no oh, because. I <laughs> ah, we'll leave it there. Not we'll at all. Leave it there. Not um, at all. So what part we've talked a bit about um, your work? What parts of your work do you enjoy the most? It's being in front of the camera. So not on a podcast. I am growing to love. <laughs> being on a podcast because actually it's, it's just the, the breadth and the depth of knowledge and experience of the people that I'm talking to I just I feel like it's a real privilege it's, it's like having an hour with 12 heroes and kind of asking them to say well just just, just dump everything on me for, for an hour I just want to listen but you soak it all up as well oh, like I buzz I, I can't sleep yeah. if I do an interview in the evening in the, yeah I'm I'm a nightmare. I have to read for a long time. Um, You've got loads of ideas. Yeah, and, that, and that's you do a podcast. I have, and that's that's making you play with all. Yeah, it's not. I was going to say it's the downside. It? It's not. It's just it's just a byproduct. Yeah. Um, face to face in front of people, coaching, training, running programs, especially development programs over a twelve month period, because then you get to see a real, a real change, but also a shift in mindset. I know you like that, don't you? You like seeing the change in impact on somebody. Yeah, I do. Or on a group of people. I, I do, and, and I always get a little buzz when somebody pulls me to one side and says, thank you very much. I've always had a, you know, a good time on this programme or, or a good time on the training. I've now decided that I'm going to binge with it. And I find out about that, and, and, and I'm off. Or, or that's my next step, or that's my next goal. It's, you know, it, I didn't realise it until I interview with Mike Craig and, and he talked about you know that there are inspirers there are encouragers and then there's enablers and I'd always I'd always set out to to be an inspirer and an encourager but my story you know not, not to do it a disservice or an injustice is not like some other people's stories like Chris Akabusi he's inspiring but then he might be a little further away from from some people but when Mike said to me in that interview, you're not, you're an enabler. That that was kind of a light bulb moment for me to think, hang on, when I play that back, and I look at those people or I listen back to those people that come up to me and say, I'm now going to do that. That's not just through inspiration and encouragement. That's through, you know, questioning them, putting forward some different ideas, some techniques, some suggestions, and then enabling and encouraging. So yeah, that will always be a big part of it. Brilliant. I love it. I love it. And you get you do get very excited about things like that. So yeah, I can see that that's why you enjoy it the most. 
Um, I think topical at the moment because you've just spent a few days away from home and you're in the midst and have been for a while but have, have dedicated the last few days to it of writing your first book. So what's it about and when can your podcast listeners expect to see it uh, on our um, well on our bookshelves at home firstly and then you know in the stores the wh smiths the waterstones all the shops do exist and uh, in amazon uh, on the, our laptops yeah yeah the, the, the book the book's been an idea which has been mulling around for probably two years um, and it's born out of this whole work-life balance um, the the struggle that i think we have as human beings trying to adopt or adapt to a work-life balance um, i'm i'm of the belief that, that it doesn't exist and it's something that we have created um, in part going back to when you know after the industrial revolution um, and henry ford started introducing an eight hour day and people working five days a week and then having weekends off um, you know that was your relaxation time whereas then you worked week now but times have changed and I think still putting that label out there or, or, or suggesting that people live in those parameters it, it, it just for me it's it's crazy you know I, I don't have a work-life balance you know and, and I wouldn't say necessarily you have a work-life balance and, and certainly when I look back at the guests that I've interviewed I wouldn't say they have a work-life balance they actually choose something else they, they choose not to worry about work-life balance and i think the temptation sometimes is with a phrase like that um, and, and you know you can go on, on on any website or any search engine and type it in and you'll get loads of suggestions but what i'm trying to do or certainly with the book is to suggest that actually we move away from work-life balance um, you don't have to move towards a perfect imbalance i'm not saying that what i'm saying is perfect imbalance is perfect imbalance is where you know that different areas of your life are not balanced you have that awareness but you also know that in order to succeed and achieve certain things at times your life's going to be out of balance so don't beat yourself up don't kick yourself about it but have the awareness that says when it is out of balance like when i'm away or when you're away and it's out of balance it's then who's it going to impact what's it going to have then making sure that when you're back home or you're not in that space anymore you address some of those things that you perhaps neglected balance is still important but a work-life balance is what i'm suggesting in the book we move away from um, ideally i would love to get it published next year um, the plan is to uh, take myself away towards the end of the year right oh, yeah party time, it's about okay. party time yeah write second half of the book um, with some business uh, testimonials in there some 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 proof of concept if you like or some endorsement and then go out to different publishers in the new year and look at how we can holistically help with that perfect so maybe it would be another guest another bonus episode on the podcast um when the book gets published or is about to be published and we can find out the proof of concept yeah definitely find yeah, out definitely a little bit more about what's in the book and give the listeners a little bit of a sneak preview absolutely 
I love it. I love it. Um, so we've touched on why you don't believe it's a work-life balance and perfect and balanced. The book's going to be called Perfect and Balanced? At the moment. Unless, Just like the podcast? Yeah, unless the publisher comes along and says, that's a rubbish name, how about this? <laughs> oh, gosh. What would happen if they did? Would you I'm, go with the publisher? I'm not precious, because I was doing some work with a publisher last year, and I was hell-bent on calling the book Seesaw. Seesaw. Yeah, until they suggested it probably wasn't the best idea. So I'm not precious. For me, it's just about getting the message out there um, with some research behind it. And, yeah. and we have some research yeah. there um, from, from real people um, that, that, that challenge this myth of work-life balance. Um, and we're you know, taking part in a survey. Um, we've got the podcast and in terms of the guests and what they've been saying and sharing around work-life balance. And most of them don't see it as work-life balance. Um, I think uh, we had a stancy refers to it as life balance um, life work balance is what Mike was calling it um, Chris Barry Brown pooed it straight away <laughs> um, Chris Akabusi just life so um, yeah it, it, there'll be some um, business testimonials in there there'll be some case studies of, of people that are taking part in the survey there'll be some hopefully some input from some of the guests on series Good. one and, and series two, two. Um, and there'll be some ideas and some suggestions around how we can address certain areas that make up our balance and that'll be different for each of us so there'll be some stuff in there around sleep uh, diet um, health exercise maybe even a little bit of sport actually i have to be honest mm. Mm. excited so Right now, would you choose to have more or less balance in your life, and why? <laughs> Careful yeah. what you say. This, this is usually a question that, you know, depending on how the interview's gone with the guest, I, I don't normally have enough time to get, get, <laughs> get an answer <laughs> from them. Um, would I choose to have more or less balance? Um, I know I'm happy with my balance. I, I'm able to do a lot of the things that I enjoy doing. And at the same time, spend you know a lot of time with the important people in my life. So, no, I, I don't necessarily want more or less balance. I suspect that as you know, we get through the summer holiday and into September, October, November, when a lot of the leadership and management training um, takes off uh, and and is wanted before Christmas, then there's a good chance that that my I will be out of balance. And that's part of my perfect imbalance. So I'll be doing a lot more work. Um, I'm away from home a lot more. Um, there's, there's some other stuff, you know, coming down the pipeline um, from night. So, yeah, I suspect my balance will be a little bit out of balance. But at the same time, I can enjoy the time now, having perhaps more time than, than some people get with, with family and, and being able to do the stuff that they really enjoy. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, Okay, the bit that you do ask your guests, and they always take longer than 60 seconds, and I'm always like, come on, 30 minutes long. I think that was Mike Craig that set that up, because he, uh, we'd had a long discussion, and I smiled when I said to him, 60 seconds, but I'll give you two minutes, and he still took longer, so I think he probably set the <laughs> set expectation the with other guests. So, 
Should we see whether we can actually do something? Let's see if we can do this in 60 seconds. So, are you ready? Yes. Have that little girl say, on your mark, get set, go. What would be your social media platform of choice? Yeah, I thought about this. Um, Don't think about it, just tell me the answer. You've got 60 seconds. Okay, as much as I enjoy Instagram, it's Twitter. Because I still get more interaction um, and, and can interact with people. I think Instagram, it's great to look at pictures, but in terms of interaction, that's what I'm all about. It's you Twitter. are. You yeah, are it's Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. Someone that you admire and admit to following on social media. Oh. Um, uh, Michael Bublé. <laughs> we love Michael <laughs> Bublé. Choose three guests to have for dinner, past or present. We had some great guests put forward by yeah. um, the different you guests on, on the show. You know what? I'd, I'd love to have to dinner um, Einstein. I know it's it's, it, it's just, it, he would challenge me. No, okay, who's my guest? guest. Yeah, yeah, um, I would also like somebody like Oprah Winfrey. God, I could listen to her all day. She's just got such a soft voice. Um, and This is just for dinner, though. Yeah. You have, I, to, you have to, like, close the door on her after dinner. Yeah, I'm going to throw a complete random curveball in. I'm going to say Cameron Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> we all know why you're now that, Cameron now, Diaz. Now, that's an eclectic mix for two. I don't think Cameron Diaz would come. Um, so, see, I would have thought you'd choose somebody like I'm going to throw some out there and you can correct me on my name. Derek Redmond. Yeah, yeah, I like, uh, yeah, mm. I, I love his story and, and I've, I've shared his story a lot. Nick Voyage. Nick Voyage, yeah. Um, and the third one would probably be. You can have them for two. We can get six round now, Polly. Who's the last one? Dermot O'Leary. Yeah, yeah, Dermot. Okay. Well, if you're choosing yeah, Cameron. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. We'll go with that. that. That is some dinner party. Yeah, Einstein would be a toughie. Uh, what are you currently reading? Um, so I am currently <laughs> reading You two. always have loads of books. Yeah, no, well, okay, I've got three books on the go at the moment. Um, one is a fiction book. Um, I can't remember the title a of it. A spy that came in from the cold? No, no, that was the last oh, one. something I about read. Germany then? Yes. Um, it is... It's an old Penguin book. Yeah, from Le, Le Car. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was one of the books that was closely linked to Spy Came From the Cold. That's good because it just it yeah it helps me. Helps me Other books um, I'm reading Oversubscribed by Daniel Priestley, mm -hmm. having previously read Key Person of Influence earlier in the year, and that did have a big influence and has had a big influence on me. Um, all his books are good. And the other book which I have just started to have a look at is Unplugged. Uh, which is one of the books which Phil White has co-written with Brian McKenzie and, and Andy Dalton. So, yeah, that's those are the three books I've got on the go at the moment. Okay, what podcast do you like to listen to? I think we've touched on quite a few. Uh, Super Soul Sunday. Yeah. And I do like The Winning Mindset by Charlie Bosworth, which is a little bit different. Other, I do listen to Wee series. But how podcast? I do like um, one of the Liverpool podcasts as well. Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. Uh, Mike Pegg won't be happy. He's a major Derby fan. Um, a 
guilty pleasure which you do when you have some time to yourself? Guilty pleasure that I do when I have to be careful with it because you're in the room. <laughs> Sounds a bit wrong. Ah, yeah. Netflix. Which I pay for for you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, I can happily uh, watch an episode or two of, of trash. Yeah, yeah, that's all it is. It's just pure trash. Like like Chris Barry Brown was saying on episode three, you know, if he's travelling, he'll just watch a trash movie on the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll do that if I'm away and I've been working. Um, usually, once I've, sp- I've I've spoken to Jess and and maybe maybe the older two, but definitely you, um, I'll then put something on Netflix. That that's my guilty. Um, what item do you take with you on a long journey? A book. Yeah, always, always take a book. Always take a book. Uh, often pick up a newspaper in the airport. Very rarely get to read it. Um, hmm. But especially if we've, we've got the, the eldest two as well. Yeah. Um, but always a book. Always a book. And um, one thing you wish you'd invented. One thing I the tea bag. <laughs> <laughs> Why when you can have loose leaf? I am falling in love with loose leaf. Just the tea bag. What? Not even the pyramid bag either from Peaky, just the tea bag, a Tetley tea bag. There you go. Shared in two lifetimes. Crazy. Um, something that means something to you. Something that means something to me, and I pick it up and put it down and put it away and then rediscover it is that fountain pen. My Parker 25 from the boys <laughs> at school. With the, the your blue. Yeah, blue long. ink, le- leaky nib which has sellotape round the top of it. Does it really? But it's got my name on it, engraved on it. Um, yeah, I love I love that pen. I do put it down and put it away, forget about it. But I just love writing on it. Oh. There you go. Bit of a lot to think out. I would have done if I'd known about that sellotape on the nib. Um, thank you. That's nearly 60 seconds. So, um, I'm not quite sure that we want any... Um, any clues? Maybe some clues, not some names. Okay. Maybe some clues as to some guests that you've got lined up for series two. Okay. Um, and we, you can expect in series two a, a real mix of guests um, and holistic therapists uh, will be on show. Um, a huge personality from over the water in the, in the States who just yeah. a fascinating story. Uh, behind what he is doing um, somebody in sports performance a publisher another podcaster um, somebody in the same field in terms of work-life balance but over in Australia and I've got a couple more Pick lined up, your up. Sleeve, eh? Couple of yeah I think series two will see the first double interview so that'll be a bit different, and it may. As well in you and me interviewing somebody. No, although uh, after tonight we might, we, we might, could, we might decide. I think that, we've that done a radio show before, so I reckon we could. I know. Bring I it think we might decide to, to do that. That might be series three. Um, somebody that deals with pain. As well, you mm. can expect on series, series two. two. So, yeah, um, I, a lot of them lined up already. Um, some of the interviews have taken place, so yeah. It's going to be exciting and it's going to be a little bit different to series one. Lovely, I love it, I love it. 
Um, what projects are you currently working on? I mean, we've touched on a couple of things in the book writing and hoping to get the book published. Um, and how do the listeners find out more about you? Yeah, so you can go to the uh, the website igniteperformance.co.uk. Yep. Uh, there's lots of Shall stuff on there. Again? Igniteperformance.co.uk. There's a lot of information on there around perfect imbalance. Yep. Um, they can find information on the one-day workshop, which I have put together for businesses, which I will be rolling out. September. I don't necessarily, is it just businesses or people, like groups of people? It so could charities? Be, yeah, or it could be charities. It's, it's not, not necessarily, yeah. yeah not any organisation yep. um, or, or indeed community. Uh, I'm really excited about that because that is a kind of in at the deep end with, with balance. There's going to be lots of stuff that we're going to explore. It's going to be very interactive, high octane, um, and people will take loads away from just tested and piloted an online program um, so there'll be more on that to come uh, probably towards the end of September um, maybe even beginning of October but we'll, we'll definitely put some out towards the end of this year and then there's a brand new program online that I am designing at the moment wow, which will be brilliant. more of a mentoring program okay. um, that will be done over three months um, and the likelihood is um, that will kick off in January Um, so so looking at the website you find lots of information what's Twitter has Twitter been your social media yeah, of Jeff, choice Jeff underscore ignite okay you're on LinkedIn you're on social yeah. you're on Instagram Instagram LinkedIn and Facebook Jeff Wales he's everywhere all the he's details everywhere. in the show notes I'm not on Snapchat don't go on it either otherwise you and I are finished what projects oh we've, we've already done that one flipping heck um, and what's your final takeaway for the listeners Final takeaway for the listeners is if they can take one thing from any of the shows that, that have been put out there so far or any one thing from one of the future shows, then great. I, 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 I will be happy. Um, but I want to hear about what they've done. Like I want them to share that with us because, hey, we've done the crazy things as well and we've we've really learnt from, from those guests that you've had on the podcast so actually it a lot of it is about sharing what they've done and what they've learned and yeah what they've it, tried. It, it is and, and and some people will naturally be forthcoming with that others will will keep it to themselves either way have a go at stuff um, and to yeah. coin the words of one of my heroes who's yet to be on the show but i hope he will be at some point hmm. is as miles hilton barber would say be a dangerous a lovely place to end well thank you very much for being a guest on your very own podcast thank you jeff way you've been an amazing guest on perfect imbalance huge thank you to emma for agreeing to be part of the review for series one her support has been invaluable especially during those times when i've come back from interviewing a guest and said how about we have a go at this you can find out more about emma and what she's doing by following her on twitter or linkedin and our links will go to detail for the show notes. It's been an absolute pleasure and a real privilege to have interviewed such fantastic people during Series 1. And I'm already looking forward to Series 2 and what that has in store. A big thank you to all of my guests, like Peg, Kim Ingleby, Chris Barris-Brown, 
Juliet McGrath, Phil White, Amy Hughes, Amy Kilpie, Alex Staniforth, Kirsty Mack, Bree Seeley, Lindsay Woodford, and Chris Akabusi. I'll be taking a short break before coming back in September with Series 2, where I'll be sharing some more guest interviews and insights for people to live a happier, more successful life and one with greater fulfillment. Until then, keep an eye out for some short bite-sized videos on YouTube showcasing some of the key takeaways from Series 1 and look out for some sneaky previews for Series 2. Now, if you've enjoyed the show, then please do subscribe to the Perfect Environment podcast through iTunes, Spotify, or indeed through the Ignite Performance website. Share it with a friend, colleague, and if you leave a show rating and a comment, it will help the podcast to reach more people and allow others to consider alternatives to striving for a work-life balance. Thank you so much for listening to Series 1. Until Series 2, remember this. When you have a balance, enjoy it. When you've got an imbalance, embrace it. For in those moments, you're striving towards achieving your next success, increasing your happiness, or looking for greater fulfilment. Bye for now.